welcome to the Handy Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hempill. And I'm Kayla Hempill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. We're back. Finally. <laughs> We've both been really sick. Yeah, a mix of being extremely busy and sickness on and off. Yeah. Still not 100%, actually. <laughs> so if we sound a little funny, that is why. Yeah, we're going to take frequent breaks, I think, during this recording. <laughs> yeah. Several weeks ago, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the tile that was revealed at the table is called Saki. There's some interesting history around this show. Uh, as we've come to find out, it's extremely popular. Yeah. Uh, Saki began as a manga series in 2006, and it's still ongoing. There have also been a number of interstitial kind of spin-off mangas, and there were anime adaptations in 2009, 2012, and 2014. Wow. Additionally, there were two live-action films and two seasons worth of a live-action TV drama, as well as two games for the PlayStation Portable. Are they Mahjong games? They are Mahjong, yeah. <laughs> I think with a little bit of like visual novel stuff thrown in for the story. Okay. We watched the first four episodes of the original 2009 anime series. Kayla, would you like to give us a synopsis? I would love to. The Mahjong Club at Kiyosumi High School has struggled to place in the district's tournament for years, and this year doesn't look any better. Enter Saki Mayanaga, a first-year student with a talent that she has kept hidden for years. Saki hates the game and doesn't wish to pursue this hidden talent, leaving the team desperate to convince her to stay. With Saki's help, can they really win this year's nationals? As we kind of talked about when we first saw the kind of clip for this show and we rolled this particular anime series, it is a sports anime. It's kind of sort of the only sports anime both of us have really seen. Yeah. And it's a weird one to start out with because I don't know how to play Mahjong. <laughs> no. Um, I think a lot of people in America think of Mahjong as the solitaire-like game that you get. The one pre-installed on Windows. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Most iterations of Mahjong are not like that game. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't, I don't really know like what the Mahjong scene is in Japan. Like, is this a common thing that everyone there kind of knows a little bit, even if they're not competitive at it? Is the competitive scene really big, like it's kind of portrayed in the show? I'm not entirely sure. So there, there's some stuff around the edges that we don't really know. There's context that we don't have. And I think that's going to play a lot into our discussion today. Yeah, definitely. I know I tried to do a lot of research about how to play the game and its significance. And it was more than I had time to really go into. Even between episodes... We kind of got in over our heads and tried to look up a little bit to know what in the world they were talking about. And, yeah, I think it's the thing that if you're not sitting down and watching a, a video, at least, of somebody teaching you how to play or sitting down with someone who does know how to play, it's kind of hard to figure out on your own. So I think we should jump into the story since this is going to play a lot into our feelings about the story. Yeah, and, and that's that's fine, too, because there's not a whole lot of story yet. It's all pretty minimal. It's very character-focused uh, up through the first few episodes. And as with any sports anime, I think that's kind of going to be the case. 
It's all about getting to the next tournament, winning the next thing. Um, and that's kind of a lot of what we see in this show. Yeah, there's a lot of story beats that are pretty common in, I, I would argue, not even just like sports anime, but just any media that is centered around sports. Um, so having the player who's naturally very talented, but for some reason doesn't want to play, or having um, the characters who thought that they were really the best suddenly learn that they're not actually all as good as they think they are. These are these are things that we see all the time in sports shows or movies and anime, and all of those beats are found even in the first four episodes. Yeah, the the only kind of reference point I had for this sort of character development is one of the confidants in Persona 5, who I was thinking the whole time because it, it wasn't a major character at all. Um, it was somebody that you would go to the church and she was like the only person sitting in there. But I was thinking the whole time, did she play Mahjong? And no, I think it was Shogi, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. But she had kind of the same trope of like the prodigy with this weird family history of the game. And she's kind of like a local celebrity because she's so good at this this like game. This seems so weird to me as a an American because this would be like saying the chess team is like celebrity status. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what it's like over there, but. It feels weird to me. From what I've gathered, Mahjong isn't even just a Japanese thing. It's like across a lot of Asian cultures. And it's something that pretty much everyone basically knows how to play. And so I don't know if there's that sort of equivalent here where almost everybody's family has played the same kind of game. So most people are probably competent at it. And to be good you have to actually be really good and to be clear like this is it seems like it's taken seriously in the show in the sense that the people who are playing this have like tables installed in their homes Mm -hmm. that have automated systems in them for like shuffling tiles and pushing them up into the table in front of the players uh, which is kind of crazy But if it is really that prevalent in the culture that there are, like, cafes you can go to where people play this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of different from our perspective. Yeah. So as far as the story goes, it's kind of like what you were saying. The first few episodes are really setting up the Mahjong team at this high school, trying to recruit Saki and preparing for this initial tournament that they want to get into. And that's pretty much it. Nothing has really happened. Uh, At the end of the fourth episode, we find out that they're competing against a pretty high-ranked team. And that's the end of the fourth episode. So I think something I'd like to go into is talking about the main character, Saki, because... There's quite a bit there. So personality-wise, Saki is about as generic as they come, (laughs) at least from what we've seen so far. The interesting thing that they're trying to set up with Saki, though, is that she has this kind of family history with the game. 
that they haven't fully explored yet. We've only gotten taste of, of different things that have happened in her past. But it seems that her family played a lot of Mahjong growing up, and at least one member of her family is competitive at it. We know that her sister um, is a well-known player in the community, mm-hmm. um, and her parents might be as well. Just, you know, the whole family kind of knows the game really well. But she had really bad experiences growing up playing this game with her family because they were so competitive, which we might get to later, but I relate with that uh, <laughs> just in general mm-hmm. of playing board games with other people. Mm-hmm. If Saki lost, they her family would scold her for being bad at the game. And if she won, they would be salty about losing. Uh, so the only winning move w- for her was to come out even every time. And just kind of based on the rules that we've seen and what they've talked about in the show, it's more difficult to come out even in this game than it is to, consistently at least, not by accident. Mm -hmm. To plan ahead to the point that you come out even is really difficult, if not unheard of. Yeah, and that's something that she does over and over again, and that's how they realize that she's actually this amazing player and they try to use that to their benefit because she's done it so much that she doesn't really know how to play any other way. Right. So something I noticed with her in particular is that she's an incredibly flat character. I don't know if this is done on purpose or not. Everything that she encounters, she has this very neutral emotional response to so things that you can tell she's upset about or excited about still comes off very flat and I don't know how much credit to give the show because on one hand it could just be that she's a really boring character that they've struggled to have her express herself in the way that they're trying to or if it's a result of this constant criticism by her family it's hard to give the show credit when that's not really clearly seen so I can't really tell if I like her and empathize with her or if I just think that she's flat and boring yeah I kind of felt the same way when her friend initially invites her to come check out the Mahjong Club she's obviously hesitant about that because she has this history with the game. She plays one round with them and gets up and is like, okay, thanks for having me, and walks out. And they try to chase her down. And she's like, well, actually, I hate the game. Just flat out isn't even like, well, it's not my thing. That was my family's thing. I don't care for it. She's like, I hate it. I don't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. But she says it, like you said, just this kind of flat, She's even kind of smiling a little bit when she says it. Yeah. And she doesn't back up that statement of being like, hell no, I'm not playing this game. I will not join your club. Please stop talking to me. Mm -hmm. It's more just this kind of like wishy-washy, doesn't really know what she wants to do sort of response. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, if, if it was made more clear or even alluded to more that this was a result of the way her family treated her, that would make sense. And at first I thought that was the case until we interact with her dad. And her dad is really kind 
And it's just like, oh, do you think we should get rid of this mahjong table? Like, we don't really play it anymore. And she's like, no, I think I think we should keep it. And he was like, oh, really? Like, you think we should? And he's like, okay, if you say so. Like, he's totally friendly with her about it. So it's hard to tell why she comes off so bland. Yeah, and that, that could just be her dad. It might be her sister that's the problem. Yeah. We're not sure, but that's the initial impression is is mixed. Mm-hmm. It's it's even strange seeing her come to the group in the first place. Yeah, um, there's this guy that she knows. Supposedly, she's known for a long time, and his name is Kiyotaro, and he's like this kind of... He kind of matches her personality. He's this generic, blonde-haired kid, and he basically never speaks in this show. Despite him supposedly being her friend, they almost never have a conversation outside of the Mahjong table, and it's kind of unclear what his purpose is at all. It kind of seems like his purpose is to be the boy that ogles all the girls in the club, because he is the only boy. Yeah, that could definitely be it. Because that happens quite a bit. One such case is uh, this girl named Nodoka. Would you like to talk about her? Uh, Nodoka is the player that we were referring to that is the really talented player. Um, she spends all of her time playing Mahjong. Uh, we see several scenes of her at her house playing online with other people this is the thing that she does and she she is pretty much the entire fan service of the show and so she's often the object of people's affections even the main character Saki like pays an abnormal amount of attention to her body (laughs) Yeah, I mean, her very first time seeing this person, Saki's very first time seeing Nodoka, is like her just staring at her as she walks by. Which is in the first couple minutes. Yeah, she's literally just like sitting down by a tree at school, and it has nothing to do with the Mahjong Club or anything. It it seems like her entire role is to be everything that Saki is not. So Nodoka is... Very naturally beautiful and has all of this like skill that she's worked towards. She's very talented. She's very smart. Popular. Popular, confident. And Saki is really none of those things. And and they end up having this friendly rivalry thing. Uh, We've talked about this dynamic before about... When one character sees the other one as a rival and the other one's just like, we're good friends. That's the same dynamic that's happening here. Saki pretty much sees Nodoka as a friend and Nodoka sees Saki as her competition and her rival. Because Saki is naturally talented and it seems like Nodoka is not. It seems like maybe she's worked really hard to be good at. Mahjong, and it's very frustrating for her to see a person who is naturally talented and is not using their gifts. Yeah, in fact, when this like first match is happening at the club, 
they they're all playing the game and then when it ends you've realized that there's this other person in the room who was like sleeping on a bed there <laughs> we'll probably get to that later the the place that they play the game in their club room is so weird <laughs> um but anyway the person who wakes up there is Hisa and she's the club president of the Mahjong club and she comes over to basically look over Saki's shoulder and is like, oh, I see what's happening here. Like, you're trying to come out even on purpose. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you got plus minus zero every time mm -hmm. uh, by chance. Mm -hmm. And when she reveals that fact, Nodoka is, like, appalled. She, she, like, can't even comprehend that somebody could just waltz in here and, like, be more talented than her. And have this weird, like, you're good at it, but you're not going to actually try to win kind of thing. Yeah, it's like she was insulted by it. That somebody could do something significantly harder than winning and be so nonchalant about it and pretend like, oh, haha, I'm not actually that good at Mahjong. She, was, she storms out of the room and goes chase her down in the rain. And that's when they have the whole confrontation about... Yeah. <laughs> You need to join the club. I don't want to join the club. That's where more fan service comes in because she doesn't have an umbrella. So you uh -huh. can only. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can't figure this character out. Her motivations don't quite line up to me because you see this like weird, friendly rivalry kind of thing. Nodoka didn't even realize that Saki was doing this. It was the club president who just like waltzed in and was like, oh, I see what's happening. Uh, but within like the next day, she's telling a reporter like, oh, there is this person you need to watch out for who who's going to shake up the scene. Mm -hmm. And you're like, uh, but she hasn't won a game yet. She's still coming out even every time. Yeah. One person that I wanted to circle back to is Hisa, the club president. She's actually probably the most interesting character in in this series so far. Because not only is she club president, she's also student council president. And she is this very understated character in the series. So she's really brilliant. Um, like you said, she immediately is able to see what Saki is doing and is able to find ways to get Saki to be involved in the club and to help her figure out how to actually be a successful player. Because Saki doesn't know how to win. Uh, that's something she ends up saying later on, is she only knows how to like come out even now. And so Hisa is able to manipulate Saki into thinking she's coming out even, but actually winning. And she's just very clever. And we see over and over again these things that she's doing in order to better the people around her so she actually gets these two girls to volunteer to help out at a cafe in which they have to play against a professional mahjong player that she arranged so that they could realize they're not actually as good as they think they are and it's such a shame that she's not a more utilized character and maybe she will be later on but she is by far the most interesting character in this series yeah, I, I would agree with that. We definitely don't get to see much of her. 
In fact, like I said, she's asleep for half of the first episode, and you only come to realize she's there later. That's the part of her that I think is kind of funny, is that while she is very tactical and kind of manipulative, she's also incredibly lazy. On the other hand, one character that we do get to see a whole lot of is Yuki. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm not talking about her. You don't want to talk about tacos? Oh my goodness. I can't... Where does she even get that many tacos? Is that, like, that common? I don't think I've ever heard of a taco in Japan. No! Uh, And the characters seem to act that way, too. Like, they're like, what do you... Why do you have those? What are you... Why are you obsessed with these? She has to explain to them what a taco is at some point. Mm -hmm. And she describes it in the most bizarre way. (laughs) She tells them it's, like, basically a crepe with salad in it. But if you what? ever had a crepe, I'm, you know that's not... I'm from Texas. This is not a taco. <laughs> but anyway, this character, she's kind of like your typical over-the-top, really rambunctious, sort of annoying character who acts like a child most of the time. She kind of has that appearance, too. And it just eats tacos all the time, constantly. Even the type of mahjong that she's good at is very short. Um, So the type of game that she's good at, it's a game that doesn't go into too many rounds because she's very good at setting things up really quickly, but she says that she gets like distracted and can't follow through with the actual length of the standard game. And really, I guess that's all there is to the character. She shows up constantly, though. There's hardly any depth to her, but we're consistently forced to be exposed to her. There is actually one more person in this club, but she is so unremarkable. Oh, man. That, one, I don't remember remember her name. Uh, I did write her name down. Oh. It is Mako. Okay. Mako. You're, you're talking about the person with, like, dark hair and glasses? Yes. Yeah. That's it. I Yeah, I don't know <laughs> anything about her. Yeah, she just is part of the club. She's We haven't found if she's good at any of the games. She's just, uh, I think she's a second-year student, and that's pretty much it. She doesn't have much in the way of a personality. There's nothing that stands out about her. She just sort of exists. Yeah, kind of like the one dude in the club. Yeah, they're both. He just kind of plays the game and always comes out in the middle or loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in the exact same position. All right, now that we've talked about the story and characters, which is a good chunk of this show, I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back shortly. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thank you. 
we're back. Colin, do you want to talk about some of the animation in the show? I would love to. I think the first thing that I'll mention, um, because I don't have a whole lot to say, I don't have a whole lot to say about kind of the general animation style and art and all of that. It's fine. It's pretty generic. Some of it's quite bad. (laughs) But one thing I do want to talk about, which I alluded to earlier, is the club room that they work in, which is basically a church steeple, (laughs) from what I can tell. Oh, I thought it was like a clock tower, kind of. Something like that. Mm -hmm. They're basically up in an attic, from what it seems to be, and right down to having stained glass on the walls. Oh, yeah. It's super weird. Mm. But one thing that does happen pretty frequently on this show is a mix of 3D and kind of normal 2D looking animation. The CG stuff is seemingly pretty random stuff. For example, uh, there is a ceiling fan. (laughs) I forgot about the ceiling fan. (laughs) Which makes frequent appearance in this show. Uh, To the point that I almost named the ceiling fan. It it just came up so frequently. When they didn't have anything else to look at, anything interesting on the table or interesting conversation or anything happening, the shot would pan way back into like the ceiling of the room and just stare at this fan going in a circle slowly. Not even turned on, it seemed, just kind of like spinning. Uh, And that was a CG fan, too. It was really obvious that it wasn't in line with the rest of the animation. Similarly, we talked about how they have these fancy mahjong tables that are kind of installed in this room. And all of that is also CG. So you see, like, the mechanisms bringing the tiles up into the table and some of the stuff underneath it, like moving tiles around that also frequently kind of throws you into this uh, animation style that doesn't quite match up with the rest. Yeah, it seems like at times it's kind of used for dramatic effect, and then other times it's it's almost like they're trying to flex their muscles to be like, look, we have CG, and it doesn't, it doesn't always work, like you said with the fan. I forgot how frequent the fan was, but I do remember us talking about, why do they keep showing us it? Why would they even spend the money and the time to, like, generate a ceiling fan. (laughs) It's weird, too, because that is like a camera shot that can't exist. Yeah. Or at least you'd have no reason to to put a camera up, like, above the ceiling fan. They just kind of thought it was a way to to add motion to stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's something we haven't really talked about, is how much motion they try to add to this show. Ugh. And part of this, I think, is just the style of sports anime. Yes. This seems common in this kind of anime, where everything is over the top and unnecessary, and characters will go into huge monologues when there's clearly not time for that. (laughs) And they will frequently exposit about what they are doing or the strategies that they are using. They got to give the pep talk. All stuff like that. But this is Mahjong. Mm -hmm. And so the extent of the action in this show is that they put a tile on the table and reveal it. And everyone else will like react to the tile being shown. Mm -hmm. 
and they do this with such great enthusiasm that it turns into like a martial arts experience uh, of these people at the table battling back and forth about throwing the tile across the table and it bouncing and and landing in just the right spot. And then the shock and horror of all the other <laughs> contestants. It's funny because I was, I, I did go to research and watch some Mahjong games. I did too. Okay. So there were some games that I watched that were a little slower, especially the ones that were teaching me how to play the game. But there were some professional ones where they are moving pretty quickly and because of the dramatic flair that they put on the animation, it's almost like they're slowing down the game to add drama to it instead of it being this fast-paced game that it can be. Yeah, and because even if a real game of Mahjong moves quickly, one thing that it does not do is the competitors don't stand up and like scream at each other. <laughs> Being like, look at my incredible move that I just made. Yeah, yeah and, and this series especially wants to have certain characters ex be explaining in their inner dialogue what they think characters are doing, like their competitors. And so it's the same thing that you were talking about. It's... It's that slowing down to have these internal conversations, sometimes external, when there's no time for that. So it's funny to me that they think by slowing down the game and adding all this in, they're adding more drama, when really this game is, can or at least can be, a very fast-paced kind of game. Do you have any thoughts specifically about the intro and outro kind of animations? Oh, do I? Uh... The intro and outro are very different from each other. So I'll start with the intro and then I'll go into the outro. The intro does not make any sense. Not only are we introduced to a lot of characters that we later find out are competitive teams, there are things that they show in the intro that have nothing to do with this series whatsoever. So the animation is still consistent. The characters look like themselves. However, they are at times physically fighting each other with weapons on like a battlefield. That has nothing to do with Mahjong. Right. And I guess it's supposed to be symbolic. But when you see the intro before you see any other part of the game, you're like, is this going to turn some Yu-Gi-Oh thing where they put down a tile and like a monster comes out and they're going to start fighting? Like, no, that's not what ends up happening. But... It is weird that it's added in there. And there's a lot of like random bits in the intro animation that have nothing to do with the series. And maybe the series is going to take a really weird turn later, but it, it's just odd to have these kind of animated sequences in there. To me, I think it begs the question of, are they in on the joke or not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. is the fact that everything is so over-exaggerated intentional to the point that, like, hey, we're trying to be like other sports anime, but it's Mahjong, and we know that mm -hmm. they, there's no reason for them to do this. Mm -hmm. And so the intro animation is an extension of, 
oh, in these characters' heads, they're fighting a battle yeah. like with with weapons and, and monsters <laughs> and stuff like that. Or is it them taking it too seriously and being like, no, Mahjong is a battle. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to tell because there are times when the humor kind of leaks through and you think, oh, maybe they're not taking themselves so seriously. And then other times you're like, you are taking this way too seriously. This is the most dramatic thing I've ever seen. It would be one thing if during that intro sequence, when they're having this battle, one character summons like a taco monster <laughs> and sends it out to fight, then you, you know, okay. Yeah. They're in on the joke. Yeah. I get it. I see what's happening. I don't necessarily want to take part in this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you do. But um, when it's kind of a toss-up between it being super serious and being over-exaggerated, it's kind of hard to to get a sense for, for what they're trying to go for. Yeah. So all of that being said, the outro is totally the opposite. This is the part, again, it's really hard to tell if they take themselves serious or not. The outro is all done in this chibi animation. It's really cute. That actually feels more in line with what the show is trying to do. And the music kind of lines up with it. It's just this really cutesy, upbeat, chibi thing of them playing mahjong and having these like cutesy little faces. So it it, it is strange to have these two contrasting things. And again, it leads to, I don't know... I don't know the theming of the show. I don't know if it's supposed to be this lighthearted, kind of poking fun at people who take themselves too seriously sort of thing, or if it is this really serious sports anime that I'm supposed to really feel and get into, you know, how intense these characters are feeling. I think the last thing I would say about the intro and outro, too, is the these two songs, the the pairing of songs that they chose for the intro followed by the outro is a very common coupling that we see and I think that goes along with the animation as well you tend to see these kind of chibi outros pretty frequently Mm -hmm. um, or pixelated outros or something to that effect and to go along with that they they typically do have like the actors singing this kind of cute fun upbeat song and it might be a little catchy, but there's no depth to it. It's probably literally talking about Mahjong, <laughs> for all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they subtitled it in this case, but mm-hmm. uh, it would be typical to see something like that <laughs> for this kind of outro. Uh, and that that kind of carries into the music and sound design for the show in general, is that it lines up pretty well with other sports anime especially the sound design anytime a character like drops down like a tile or they go to to grab you know to draw a tile there's some sort of dramatic sound that's played to heighten the the mood and um it's pretty predictable it's over the top it's again it's hard to tell like are we are we kind of poking fun at it a little bit or are you really trying to get me to feel the drama of the moment. Um, But you could replace any of those sound designs or any of the music that's playing in that with probably any other sports anime, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. 
it would be it would be the same. I think that kind of ties into something I think we both wanted to talk about as well. So as we lead into discussing our general thoughts and kind of what we took away from this show overall, something that I think is worth pointing out is something that the English localization team actually did for this show, which is uh, also kind of tied in with the production of things, I guess. And that is that they realized that the American audience who was going to be watching the subtitled version was probably not going to know how Mahjong is played. And that is something that this show assumes. Mm -hmm. You go into a game almost immediately in the show and they do not explain the terminology that they're using. They don't explain the specific tiles that are shown. Uh, nothing nothing about the game is, like, explained. They talk about strategies a little bit and the way that the different characters play, but when a character shouts Richie, you're just expected to know what that means. Um, so the localization team tried their best <laughs> to help us out with this. Mm -hmm. And what they did is that when a new concept was introduced, um, like a character shouting Richie, Something at the top of the screen would say, Richie means that the character is going to, and I'm totally trying to remember here, that the player is going to, like, wait until the final hand is called. They're, they're just going to go with their current hand or something like that. Mm -hmm. And those messages go by so quickly mm. that there is zero time to read them. The problem also is that characters are talking at the same time, which we're trying to read the subtitles that the characters are speaking while also reading the rules that are coming on the screen. And so I think having to say that, like that there's all these sub notes that go along with the show. I feel like this is a show that was not made for me. As an American? As an American, yeah, but generally as somebody who doesn't know this game. Mm. Um, like I think about all the other sports animes that are out there, they're a really popular basketball anime. And I know that Japan doesn't play quite as much basketball as we do. And I know that those shows are extremely popular in the U.S. But I think also basketball is something that, you know, there's two teams and they throw it in a basket mm -hmm. and they make points by throwing it in the basket. If you know that basic concept, you can kind of follow along with what's happening. Mm-hmm. With Mahjong, I don't know what the goal of the game is. Mm -hmm. Even right now, I, I still <laughs> I don't know how you win. Mm -hmm. And if you can't even explain the most basic detail of the game, and all of this knowledge is kind of assumed, then it's not going to connect with me at all. Yeah, something I noted uh, about all this information that they were throwing at us is... It's sort of like you said, they were they were trying to explain a lot of terminology, but we don't know how the game itself works. And so the information that they're giving is not actually as helpful as they think it is. And I understand what their assumption was. And their assumption, in at least in our case, was correct. We don't know how to play the game. However, this the notes that it was giving us was not actually teaching us the game. It was just overloading us with more information. And I wish that it would assume that I would either learn 
what the game was. Or what they could have done is what we've seen other shows do when they have a lot of lore or information that they want the audience to know is they could have put in like cards in between um, the like commercial breaks that happen that explain some of that. And I don't, I don't think that would have been difficult to do. Um, I wish one of those two things would have happened instead of what they ended up doing because it, it ends up being very overwhelming because I can't read both things at once. And so then I'm getting frustrated because I know that I'm missing information that that they had intended for me to take in and is actually kind of important for me to know. But I very easily wanted to learn what it like, how do you play Mahjong? Like, how do you win at Mahjong? So I went and researched that episode one and I wish they would have given me more credit to do that instead of trying to overload me with information that was not helpful. Yeah, and then I also wonder, like, in English-speaking countries where they play Mahjong, do they use the same terminology? Mm-hmm. Were they thinking maybe you do know how to play, mm-hmm. but they don't say Ricci over here. They mm-hmm. say something different mm-hmm. in English. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's something Again, I these are these are all unknowns to me. Yeah. I have no context for this show and the way that it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And all that to say, I mentioned earlier all of the media that is based on this property. Mm-hmm. This is an incredibly popular franchise. Um, there is so much media based on it, and it's been running for a very long time. There has to be something to it, right? Yeah. People, it wouldn't be this popular. Like, we we end up watching a lot of shows on Annie Monday that nobody really knows. Yeah. And this is not one of those. This is a show that a lot of people know mm-hmm. and has many iterations. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have to wonder if the one thing separating me from the person who does enjoy this show is a knowledge of how Mahjong works. Mm-hmm. Um, because from my perspective, it's just an overload of information, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's like they handed me a glossary mm-hmm. and told me to follow along and try <laughs> to find the right term. Yeah while also trying to read the subtitles. Because you're going to be tested later on this. (laughs) And so it comes across as boring and tedious Mm -hmm. and kind of exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you add in the fact that they're doing this over-exaggeration of everything, which Mm -hmm. makes everything just kind of feel silly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even worth my time to go learn the game because the characters are kind of taking it too seriously, but not taking it seriously at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with that weird kind of drama. So with all of this being said, would you watch more of this? I'm going to say no. And I would also say there might be a universe in which there is a version of me who knows how to play Mahjong who would enjoy this show. And in that universe where I do know how to play the game, maybe there's a slim chance (laughs) that I actually enjoy the show too. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Kayla? I'm also going to say no with with a small caveat, which is this anime did do one thing for me, is I really want to learn how to play Mahjong. Um, it does look like a fun game, especially the more I was trying to learn the rules and, and watching people play. It does look really interesting. I can see why people are very interested in Mahjong, and I am kind of... 
embarrassed to say that like all I've ever played is the solitaire one. And that seems incredibly, incredibly boring compared to the real game. Um, but I think even if I knew how to play the game, I still don't think I would particularly like this series because of the exaggeration and partially because of all the fan service. We didn't get into that too much, but oh boy, there was there was a lot of it and it was just kind of off-putting for me. Um, but I, I do have to say, I'm, I do have a new interest because of this show. It just has, I just don't want to watch the show. <laughs> I'd rather actually go learn how to play the game and, and maybe have fun playing a new game. Should we like run out right now and get one of those like cool tables with all the shuffling and stuff? One step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can jump right to pro level. <laughs> You probably could. You're good at everything. <laughs> False. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And you can find links for that on our website. Quick reminder to everyone, since it's been a while uh, since the last time we had a podcast episode, we're about a month out from Anime CTX, which will be our first live show. <laughs> I want to say woo, and then you kept talking. <laughs> Sorry. Woo. Woo. Hype. <laughs> uh, so get ready for that. Uh, like we said, badges are available now, so you can go ahead and, and get those registered, and then uh, you'll be ready for that anime convention. We promise we won't be sick. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> Either way, the show will go on. <laughs> Thank you so much to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide and for the random button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, you'll find a link to the current title on our website and social media so that you can watch what we're watching. Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show, which are on the Senpai EPs, which are available on his Bandcamp. You ready to roll again? I think so. It's been so long. Do you remember how? I hope they still have the button. <laughs> Podcast would be over. Uh, we would uh, find a way. <laughs> Random button in three, two, one. All right. Uh, the anime for this week is Dusk Maiden of Amnesia. What? It might be our first horror show. No. The first episode is called Ghost Maiden. Mm -hmm. Guys, I don't do spoopy shows. <laughs> nope, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. I don't like spoopy. Mm -hmm. uh, I might be living under my weighted blanket for the next week while we're watching <laughs> this, y'all. Mm -hmm. All right. Wish us luck. <laughs> yep, we'll need it. <laughs> all right. We're going to see you all next week. We promise. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Are you ready? I was born ready. My body is ready. <laughs> My body okay. is not ready. No, mine either. The Mahjong Cup. <laughs> <laughs> she was born ready. <laughs> okay, you know what? You can do this by yourself. <clears throat> the uh, Mahjong is a hard word to say, okay? <laughs> Mahjong. 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 <clears throat> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.